Welcome to Mother Folklore, at the Irish Shore Podcast, brought to you by the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm Tarek O'Shea. I'm Padre O'Quivonic. Hola, Bajaka Dumi. I'm Geraldine McAvoy. And you're all very welcome to today's episode. We are going to talk about that tune you just heard, which is also the most well-known text in the Irish language, Aaron Veen. So, Aaron Veen is obviously the national anthem. But it was not it was not written as such. Pat, do you want to tell us a little bit about the history of this particular song? One of your favourites, I'm told. Yeah, it is. It is. I believe <laughs> you're, you're getting ready for club and music. It is. I um, I mean, it, one of the most annoying things about this, one of the only annoying things about this podcast, is whenever I'm listening to episodes of it on the bus, um, I have to stand to attention when the theme tune comes on because, of course, the chorus of Aaron Devine <laughs> was formally adopted as the um, as the national anthem in 1926. It was written by Pat Carney uh, and written, strangely enough, not in the Gaelge, but in the Berla. The translation came after the fact. So it was originally known as a soldier's song. And it kind of, it, it vied with other possibilities for the national anthem uh, for quite some time. From 1848 onwards, one of the most popular options for a national anthem was um, God Save Ireland uh, which is a fantastic an absolute belter God it's a proper Ireland. yeah God Save Ireland yeah it's a fantastic one but the, the chorus uh, was deemed a little inappropriate a little bit defeatist because it was um, while while it's militaristic like Aaron Levine uh, the chorus is God Save Ireland said the heroes God Save Ireland said they all whether on the scaffold high or the battlefield we die no matter where for Ireland here we fall so it's it's like we're all going to die. We are all going to die. But hurrah, hurrah, hurrah! So it was kind. Of, they opted for Aaron Levine instead, and and just the chorus, of course, because Aaron Levine itself is um, is three very long verses and a very long chorus. But the national anthem is the chorus of of Aaron Levine, and it's important that it is just the chorus. When people say, "Oh, do you know the verse of the national anthem?" <laughs> so mm-hmm. do you know that the national anthem is only the chorus? And the presidential salute is just the actual opening and closing bars. That's it, yeah, which is brilliant and very confusing if you weren't paying attention and you're in Lansdowne Road and you hear, oh, 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 sorry, you know, it's only the president, sit down. Uh, it, yeah, but it's, uh, it's only cool. the president, sit, sit down. down. Yeah, it's not the anthem. Oh, man, yeah. poor I Michael love, D. I, I love Michael D, all right? I love Michael D, he's a hero. You, you sit down so you get the same level as him, showing the proper amount of respect. Oh, man, that's cruel. Poor ah, Michael here. D. Oh. He's he the is. best. He's more than the sweetheart. He's an absolute hey. gem. He's a statesman. Whatever the man's height, he casts a long shadow. That that is entirely true. And I love the fact that the the, the presidential salute is taken from Aaron Levine, and it is it's it's quite deeply patriotic. Do you know the American presidential salute? One of the only countries I know that has a presidential salute. It's hail to the chief. Hail to the chief, he's the one we all say hail to. Is that it? <laughs> no, no, that's from The Simpsons. You know, Jimmy Carter actually, one of the things when he became president, he actually asked that the hail to the chief stop being played. He wanted to have a humble White House in the aftermath of Watergate. And Reagan brought it back after he trounced him in the 1980 election. Well, that would be a really Reagan thing to do. Completely. Oh man, imagine a, a humble house, White House nowadays. That'd be fantastic. I know. can't imagine <laughs> happening though. It's all going to be draped in gold and come 2020. It's, yeah, it's it'll be the gold house rather than the Pretty White tacky, house. and yeah, yeah, people dressed up as you know, uh, Roman emperors handing out mints. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> it's not beyond the scope of possibility. God, yeah, just like a casino deck in the, in the Oval Office. Just, <laughs> Yeah, he's a classy guy, you know, he's a classy guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, Donald Trump 
is kind of so they, I mean it brings us neatly to the idea of controversy around anthems because mm-hmm. you know an ongoing controversy is is the the protests by American sports stars high profile American sports stars during the national anthem now to say that they're protesting the national anthem as someone very wittily pointed out is like saying Rosa Parks is protesting public transport uh, you mm-hmm. know she wasn't that's just the medium that was being used so these people are kneeling uh, during the the national anthem in America, and I say these people, they're predominantly African-American sports stars protesting okay. police brutality against African-Americans. And, and it's interesting because the anthem has become so militarized in the US that it's like if you're disrespecting the anthem, you're disrespecting the troops. And it's like, yeah. and we've got a much more militaristic anthem and it's well, it's not, it doesn't go hand in hand with the yeah. army. Oh, the um, the American national anthem is is pretty problematic, and I was I was going to say that yeah. Arrow Devine, compared to other national anthems, how would you how would you put it? Yeah, like in the American national anthem, there's a line that refers to slavery, like praising mm-hmm. slavery. So that's the controversy of it. And you know, good on Colin Kaepernick. You know, absolutely uh, taking the knee. Definitely, I think yeah. In the Star Spangled Banner, the actually there's um there's an awful lot of um. I guess stuff there. I think there's one particular line which I think was a reference to slaves who were freed on the condition they'd fight against the um, the revolutionaries being um, being executed. Was the one that no refuge could save the hireling or slave from the terror or flight or the gloom of the grave. Oh man, that's, that's in your national anthem. Would you really want it there? I wouldn't like it. We've got a line about slaves in ours, but it's but like more it's how we will no longer tolerate tyranny or slavery. Yeah, mm-hmm. I which I is can, kind of we can all get behind, we can all get behind that. that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. something pretty. Yeah, it's Shantiro Shinter Fasta Niog for Fintiro Nofintrol. No more our ancient sireland shall shelter the despot or the slave. Sireland is a terrible line. Oh, well, I, mean, I it's, can love Ireland. It's, it's got to rhyme with Ireland. But that's, that's there's not a lot that rhymes with Ireland. <laughs> there's Fireland for Ireland. Uh, I like Fireland. Not a, sure about Ireland. Acquireland. Squireland. The issue was acquiring land. We want to acquire land. We want to Ireland. But on the whole, national anthems tend to be at least a little problematic. Um, we've got God Save the Queen. We've got we don't have God Save the Queen, as in we, the people of the un- of the universe. <laughs> and I mean, and a lot of Scottish people aren't terribly keen on God Save the Queen. <laughs> You're a poet. You don't know it. Uh, yeah, this is the verse that's no longer sung, though, isn't it? You know, Lord grant that Marshal Wade may by thy mighty aid victory bring. May he sedition hush and like a torrent rush rebellious Scots to crush. God save the Queen. Although nobody sings that verse like anymore. They, they just willfully ignore that one. They completely <laughs> just write it out. It's gone. It was like. going to come back in pending Scottish independence, perhaps, but yeah. Possibly. And <laughs> I think the thing, overwhelming, I've been looking at a few other national anthems to see where how Ireland stands. And generally speaking, um, they tend to have been, most of them tend to have been written in the very militaristic times of the mid to late 19th century or earlier. Very few of them. Very few of them reflect a, 20th cent- a late 20th century sensibility. I think the most recent one that I can think of is a South African one. Yeah. Which is actually, which is a multilingual anthem. It, it, it is written in, in five of South Africa's official languages. Yeah, and I South Africa has good, though, what, because, because I know for like the Nigerian national anthem, it's in English mm-hmm. because like there's so many languages in Nigeria. So they just had to, you know, depend on the colonizer's language. So mm-hmm. I think that's good that there's um, multiple languages in the South African anthem. I think it's good. It's better than translating each, each of them yeah. separately and having an issue which one's going to yeah. be sang at a particular game or a particular event. So I think it's it's definitely one of the best examples. 
And similarly, uh, the, the Canadian national anthem tends to be sung in both. Yeah, I think it's one line English, mm. one line uh, French, right? It's the same in the Finnish one as well. It's one line Finnish, one line Swedish. Um, they, oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, see, file. But like the, back the, at it. <laughs> but the Swedish minority in in Finland would be far far smaller than the French speaking cohort in Canada. Yeah, but they have the mm. same. It's a constitutionally it's equal rights. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, it's brilliant. They, they, it's unambiguously a good thing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, they yeah. really more respect. more rights for minority language speakers, whoop, whoop, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Canadian it's the way it's taught, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Canadian, um, I just had an aneurysm just listening to that. Oh, no. uh, the hmm. Canadian national anthem is really cuddly as well, though, compared to its neighbour. Like, it's all about love and let's all be... Oh, that's that's so yeah. Yeah. I mean, Justin Trudeau, like... Yeah, it's just <laughs> Justin Trudeau. <laughs> me and our boy Justin. Hmm. It's, and then, uh, He's selling weapons to Saudi Arabia. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, but he has Star Wars socks, man. Come on, you got to recognize that. A lot of the Trudeau bashers right. had no, no problems right, Leo with <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying there's a lot of people who are bashing Justin Trudeau who had no, nothing to say about the previous seven or eight Canadian prime ministers. Name them. The, no one can. <laughs> <laughs> he is a babe. We'll, we'll give him that watch. Yeah. And a shout out to all our wonderful Canadian listeners. I know you're out there. And Justin, if you're out there, he'll call me. <laughs> <laughs> Garajine, tell us a bit about uh, the um, the legal aspects of the legal standing of the National Anthem in Ireland, Nairon Levine. Yeah, um, when we initially started talking about doing this episode, I immediately turned to my trustee constitution, as I normally do for everyday uh, aspects of, of life. Of course. And was very surprised to find that it wasn't in there. I just kind of assumed that it would be the, so we mandate the flag in Article 4 of the constitution. And I just assumed that it would be contained in Article 4 as well. And it's actually not there. And I was really surprised. And then I was kind of like scurrying around for bits of law where there might be a law that it would actually mandate the Irish national anthem is our on the vein. But we actually don't have one. What we did have was a... Um, as, as Pather mentioned, we had a copy, or uh, it was initially uh, written by name. Pather Kearney. Pather Kearney. Patherella, another one. <laughs> um, another Pather. <laughs> and the Irish state uh, sought the copyright from uh, Pather Kearney and his uh, Pather Heaney as well, I believe. Was it the... Oh, yeah. yeah. The translator? Yeah, yeah, the guy who translated it. Lee Morin. Uh, Lee Morin. Yeah, Lee Morin was involved in the translation. Um, so the state sought the... Uh, the, tra- uh, the copyright for it and the copyright expired uh, after 70 years and the death of Pather Kearney in 2012. So currently it's not under copyright and it's been brought up a couple of times in the Shannad and in the Dáil about procuring a copyright for it to stop people um, taking the uh, uh, defiling, I suppose, the, the national anthem. As opposed to respecting it like we do in our opening exactly. credits Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think the issue was I was reading some some politicians' opinions on the issue was that it would be used uh, the fear that it would be used as a jingle uh, and Never. I was like oh shit man, we're cheap, all going to jail a cheap trick <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking about the legality of it and where we would stand if they did procure a copyright I think we'd be fine we'd be grandfathered in wouldn't we because we pre-existed the, yeah but the you see you can still keep using a, a podcast afterwards so it would still yeah. be in existence so I feel like I feel like Derek's going to jail I think we're fine we guys. should be fine okay, yeah. like, I'd like Maybe. to categorically <laughs> state for the record even if they don't bring in this law that was not my choice of theme music I mean, Listen, yeah. I, and we're all going to jail no <laughs> I'm going to point out that that our, that some people play the na- the national anthem on guitar, some people play it on a harp, some people play it on a saxophone. We chose to interpret 
the Irish national anthem using contemporary technology to show that it Sorry, and Irish are still contemporary. Cool. <laughs> it's, a it's a MIDI file. <laughs> it's eight bit. Yes, contemporary to the nineties. As no, as in we're using some open source technological technology to show that it is, you know. Hip to the groove. You're going to jail. You're so going to jail. I think I, I mean, I mean, it depends on your interpretation of defilement. I mean, when I first heard it, I said that I wanted it played at my funeral when I'm lowered into the grave. That's what I want playing. Like, dee, 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 dee. That's what I want. The MIDI version. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, so I think it's a fantastic want, uh, celebration of everything that is Irishness. I want Hunk of Burning Love played when I'm being cremated. <laughs> Just a Man. hunk of hunk of burning love. I just want a list of a list of my grievances read out. <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing now? <laughs> Take that girl who wouldn't go to the Debs with me. Oh. <laughs> and so on. No, no, I've got no grab. No. Anyone asked said yes, so that's <laughs> totally cool. <laughs> but yeah, so that's. I mean, so currently it is a open source. Yeah, say? it's it's not on copyright, and I. I guess what some politicians, I think Michael Noonan was a, one of the the key people behind this notion that it might be, they might procure a copyright and they wouldn't stand for people defiling the national anthem. But I kind of think, like, we don't have the attitude in Ireland that they have in the United States that the national anthem is akin to all that is Irishness. Like, it's not really, like... I think maybe it comes from our um, neutral neutrality as a country that we kind of... You know, we played like GA matches, played at the, um, you know, at the end of the disco. Some mm. by rural Ireland still do that. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest with you, it is, it is really, really useful for anyone who's ever been in a band. If you do play the national anthem at the, at the end of a gig, because it means people can't go one more tune and keep you there all night. <laughs> like, it's no, we play the anthem, we're gone, done. <laughs> is that, out of here. <laughs> is that the logic behind playing the anthem at the end of a night? Yeah, at the end of a disco, anyway. To stop people demanding one more tune. Yep, and just to get people out the door. I feel, like, know it's the end I feel of like that's it. not the reason at all. It's a universal <laughs> symbol that your night is over, go home. And typically, the anthem comes on when the lights go on. Yeah, you all have to and stand, you, stop shifting. Yeah, and you have to see who's been shifting. Like. <laughs> stop shifting. But I would consider, I would consider the 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 motherfucker rendition of Aaron Levine to be, I guess, in keeping with a grand tradition of rebellion and respect, similar to Jimi Hendrix's version of the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, yeah. I Jimi Hendrix's All right, version yeah, of the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> our producer Brian arranged the tune. Is is our Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> I think I think it's it's closer to the Bleeding Gums Murphy version of the Star Spangled Banner, <laughs> uh, which I also love for different reasons. And how do you feel about the Sex Pistols version of God Save the Queen? Absolutely class, but it is a different song. It is a different. They've song. They've changed the yeah. lyrics. They just use the same title, which is very yeah. confusing. Yeah, but they, I mean, it, it's the same. It scans the same way as well. It's just it's just it's they've just changed the lyrics entirely. But I, I mean, look, that was a protest song, you know. I don't. Wait, well, I mean, are we protesting? Are we? Pro- are we protesting? If we are protesting, protest? I've missed. What? Is no, this no, a no, protest no. podcast? We are not protesting. We're oh, okay. basically we're taking it back. Yeah, reclamation. We're taking it back from we're people back who, who would misuse Ireland Irishness and all those ideas. We're taking it back from them. And we're basically giving it to the people it really belongs to. People who feel it. You what know? white men? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I was getting worried for a second. <laughs> Oh my god, we went all right really quickly on this podcast. I was expecting at least we three more episodes before never. we took the alt right turn. We keep, go- we keep going in a circle because we're always turning left. That's how we go. No, no right turn. That's right. And the concept of nationhood is pure bourgeois. So that's why we. That's why we do. Yeah. Hey, it's Tirocro. 
Tear gras. It is tear yeah. gras. Tear gras. It is, yeah. It's funny, it's funny that, like, we do have a different relationship with patriotism. When you look at that through the anthem, like, you know, uh, it's just, it's a beautiful song. I really enjoy singing. I like it. Every time somebody says, is it a little bit outdated? I'm sort of like, no, it's not. Like, it's grand. It's lovely. I like it. It's, it's, it's non-problematic. It doesn't, it doesn't revel in any particular past war. Because bear in mind, up until the only war that we've ever won, we lost all of them. So you know, it's not really lording it over anybody that we that we beat. You know, the only yeah. the would, only people we ever beat in a war were. Would you call that one for one for the republic? For what? For the one for I one mean, for the republic? As in all, all the other. Uh, Do you count nineteen sixteen as one? And uh, like you know, no, not really. I think we had a, a losing record going into that game. I would like to point out that we weren't a republic till nineteen thirty seven because the, the the republic has not won anything. I'd like to point well, that out from a constitutional perspective. Nineteen thirty seven or nineteen forty eight. Uh, well, mm, that was when the British decided that we were a republic beforehand. Mm. 1937 was when we came into existence. In Canada. In Canada. Wasn't the republic announced in Canada? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I couldn't tell you that. We'll come back to that. (laughs) (laughs) A future episode. Yay! But like, if you look at, you look at how there are strict, strict laws around the, the, I mean, while we do define the flag in Article 4 of the Constitution, the, the laws around it are quite, it's just protocol, you know, the laws in the States, however, and this is what I love, because at the moment we're looking at, um, you know, Colin Kaepernick uh, can't get a job because he did these flag protests and all the athletes who are still doing the, the, the protests at the raising the flag and at the national anthem about police brutality, President Trump is, Trump is calling them sons of bitches. I'm a big baseball fan. I watched a couple of weeks ago, I watched the Houston Astros beat the Red Sox, my team, the Red Sox. And at the end of the last game, one of their outfielders, Josh Reddick, was running around spraying champagne in a pair of Stars and Stripes Speedos, which is technically actually illegal. Kneeling during the anthem isn't illegal, but they get called sons of bitches. This guy's going around in a pair of Speedos. In Stars Are you suggesting that Donald Trump is morally inconsistent? Yes, that's entirely... Uh, sorry, <laughs> suggesting, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Donald Trump is entirely morally inconsistent. That's exactly how I feel on this. But what I love about it is we don't have to be morally inconsistent. There's no hypocrisy. The fact that we roar the last few lines. Like I, I know people who genuinely think the last uh, three lines of the national anthem is come on Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> come on Dublin, not yeah. come on Ireland. It's no, 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 absolutely. I don't know anybody who goes to soccer matches. <laughs> but just, again, to compare it to, say... Well, perhaps one of the best, I mean, one of the most best loved outside its own country national anthems would be the Marseillaise. Yeah, that's a tune. It's a tune. It's a banger. Yeah, Yeah. as national anthem go, national anthems go, like that's that's the that's the cream of the crap. It's pretty damn good. It absolutely is. That gets you fired up about like I don't know if you've ever watched Les Mis, you're ready to. <laughs> that gets, that gets, it, gets, it gets me fired up when we're playing against France. Yeah. <laughs> it's really an unfair advantage. I feel like they should reconsider that. It's not fair, really, is they it? Should, they should have a different anthem. <laughs> as well, I, as, well as the outstanding yeah. scene, Casablanco, with yeah. Marcelo's scene. Oh, yeah. oh, my God, that's class. Man, yeah. mm-hmm. so Cinematic good. gold. Uh, well, I went to a rugby game once. Um, I went to several rugby games. I go, to, I go to lots of rugby games all the time. But one in particular that I went to was a game between two French teams in Dublin for a European Cup final uh, between uh, Clermont Auvergne and uh, Toulon. And uh, we watched we watched the game and then we went to Becky Morgan's pub on Grand Canal Street and we met a bunch of French lads. And one of my friends, Paul, if you're listening, shout out, Paul, up to Clondalk and Massive. Boo, yeah. <laughs> Um, he just he started singing when the French boys these guys from Toulouse started walking down and he started singing the the Marseillaise and he had it absolutely perfectly he sang every single word of the verse the first verse again their first verse is their chorus you know and uh, um, uh, 
And then the next morning I was just saying like, geez, Paul, you did really well. You sang every word of the French anthem. He's like, did I? <laughs> like, I don't speak French. I don't know that. So he unlocked something in his head. It was obviously, it was in there. It was really, um, it was really fantastic. It's deadly. Yeah. Mash on. But say, to just look at, say, what, what the actual words say. I mean, it's, it's sometimes this is an issue where you get a tune that's an absolute banger and then you listen to the words and you say, ah, oh, hang on. And... For example, Jump by Van Halen is a great tune, but then you listen to the words, you think, oh my God, your man's an asshole. Yeah, but tune, though. Tune, tune, tune. <laughs> this is why, you remember Blurred Lines? Yeah. I was really happy uh, yeah. when a bunch of girls went and recorded a gender-flipped version of Blurred, Blurred Lines. That you could bop that to. That I could bop to, yeah. 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 You're the hottest dick in this place. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's face it, it's a tune. It's a tune. It's just so it problematic. Is. It certainly is. Whereas, I, I, I may just have compared Le Marseille's to, <laughs> to Blurred Lines and Jump by Van Halen. Mm. So Jump would make a fantastic national anthem, by the way, just saying that for the record. The hell it would. <laughs> Can't you see me standing there? I got my back against the record machine. <laughs> I ain't the worst that you've seen. Yeah, that's a national anthem. <laughs> enfant de la patrie. I'm sorry. Anytime I read French, I sound like Del Boy. I can't help it. So I'm just going to go. Mange tout, mange tout. Mange tout. Le jour is glorious arrivé. So what I'm going to say is let's go, children of the fatherland. The day of glory has arrived. Against us, tyranny's bloody flag is raised. In the countryside, do you hear the roaring of these fierce soldiers? They come right to our arms to slit the throats of our sons, our friends. Grab your weapons, citizens. Form your battalions. Let us march. Let us march. May impure blood water our fields. It's pure class. Oh, that got a little bit slither in there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> there are no Hufflepuff national anthems. <laughs> oh, man. Get, get down on Hufflepuff. Oh, wait, okay. except, a bad for, rap. except for maybe Wales. <laughs> oh, Does man. Wales... Uh, I mean, Wales has a, as a, as a song they sing at rugby games. It's a national anthem. A, they are a nation, a principality. Even. I quite like their little national. anthem. Oh, it's a beautiful anthem. tune. It's yeah, great, Band of Our Fathers. Yeah, it's quite nice. But it yeah. is a bit like if you're going to look like if you're going to say like like some of them are Gryffindor and some of them are Slytherin, the Welsh one is probably Hufflepuff. Yeah, that's like the Scottish true. one is definitely Gryffindor. That's class. Mm -hmm. That's brave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's brave. That's a that's a nation that was conquered seven hundred years ago, still singing about the one time we beat them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like Munster against the, against the All Blacks, isn't it? That we won once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I imagine there are still like thousands of Scottish people who pretend they were at Bannockburn, like in the way there are Munster people who pretend they were in Thomond <laughs> Park that day. <laughs> Not everybody likes Aaron Avine as much as we all do, and sometimes people have suggested alternatives to this song, either for sporting events or in general. In fact, in the past 10 years or so, when the copyright was being re-examined, some people suggested retiring the song and finding something more, maybe less objectionable, more inclusive, but I don't know. Is it not, it, for example, the most famous case of this is Ireland's Call being used represents those sports which represent both North and the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, I've got to clarify here now. It's, Ireland's Call is used in, in rugby. It's, it's not used in cricket as well. No, it's used in rugby league and rugby union. It has been used in cricket, but to be honest with you, the cricketers have just decided more or less to do away with anthems at games because it's not it's not something that their opponents 
do either. When you think about the cricket teams that are there, the English team represents England and Wales and they use the song Jerusalem. The West Indies team is, I, I don't know, it's six, seven different independent and non-independent nations. The mm. West Indies covers the Bahamas, Barbados, uh, Trinidad and Tobago, uh, Guyana, um, lots of other, St. Kitts and Nevis. There's lots of other cricket playing nations in the Caribbean. Uh, and then and then you do have large nation states like India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Australia, New Zealand who play cricket. But it just anthems aren't as important, especially not when a game lasts for five poxy days. Yeah. <laughs> the anthem isn't as important. But in rugby, yeah, it was brought in and, and it is, so away from home, it's the only anthem played. And at home, it follows the national anthem as a secondary anthem. So it's yeah, but it's you see what nobody really mentions is it's 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 crap. Is 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 it really that bad, or is it just that the actual the spirit of it is bad that people object to the fact that it exists I at don't, all? I just don't think national anthems should have key, if, key if changes. If Ireland's called <laughs> Ireland, it's it's the epoxy. South, the South African um, anthem is the key change, and that's a banger. Uh, yeah, mm. I, I see. I just disagree. I like the, the the concept behind the South African national anthem, but I don't think it's a banger. I I heard that. I don't think it's an absolutely class tune. I heard the John Leary men's choir sing it at, at, uh, at International Culture Day, and it was pretty. In awesome. all the languages? Yeah. Really? Including they the Jossa. Mm-hmm. And the Zulu. Yeah. And the Sesotho. Uh-huh. And the Afrikaans. Afrikaans. And the English. Yes. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, I was, I was very impressed. And I think, but there is a long tradition of people singing songs in languages they can't speak. I think Denova sing in German. Uh, Darling, that was an Elvis, was it? No, he, that what was. What did he sing? Oh, no, would, uh, do you remember the film when um, he was in, when he enlisted? Yeah, he yeah. sang in German, and he did a he did a, a film called GI Blues, where he sings a song in German as well, because th- that was a semi autobiographical film about his time in national service. I don't think we need to go as far as Elvis with people singing national anthems. That- in a language they don't speak, I think our own is a fairly indicative of a lot of people singing <laughs> a national anthem in a language yeah. they do not speak. <laughs> this is a thing that, and it's sometimes mentioned because people are most typically exposed to a national anthem during sporting events. And sometimes people point out that the fact that our Republic of Ireland soccer team is one of the only, it's one of the only sports where we, it's rep, where the team represents the Republic as opposed to Ireland in general, am I right? Yeah. That the actual, the norm is to represent the, the island. The of whole Ireland. island, yeah. yeah. And it, the Republic of Ireland also represents the Irish diaspora in that as the people of Irish ancestry in the United Kingdom often also play for Ireland and some of them... Often, play- mostly. <laughs> <laughs> it's been known to happen once or twice. Up, up, until, up until recently, the majority of Republic of Ireland teams were um, were constituted by people or were composed of. That's the word I'm looking for. I can't think in English, I'm sorry. Uh, we're <laughs> composed of people born overseas to Irish ancestors, you know. And you get a lot of high-profile cases like Tony Cascarino being really worried in his autobiography that he was ineligible to play for Ireland because it turns out that his mum was adopted by Irish parents as opposed to born to Irish parents. Because it turns out that he's still legally an Irish citizen, so it didn't matter and it sold a fuck ton of autobiography copies. But that said, it's brilliant that one of the lines in our national anthem at the moment is is Buin Dar Slu Hartin Doronikung. Some have come from a land beyond the waves and they're here. They're all on Team Ireland. There Let's you go. go. It's yeah, beautiful. Like that, yeah. Why would you change that? Yeah. Unless, it's and I will thing. accept, yeah, I will accept I'm in the mood for dancing by the Nolan sisters as an alternative <laughs> national anthem. <laughs> I think I think somebody might some people might fight you on that one. Maybe myself included. I go with <laughs> Bewitch of obviously the nationalism so of to, my generation. So long as you have to throw in the the bit where they do the Irish dancing. Yeah, and that has to be a part of. Oh, if if 
if, if Aaron Levine for some reason wasn't ineligible for the national anthem, what would you suggest as an alternative? Um, I'm fine with the national anthem, to be yeah. honest. Like, I like it. I like the way it's in Irish as well. I know from 1930s onwards, like, um, there was a translation written uh, for the Irish version. And yeah, I think that's really good, like, to show, that shows, like, respect for the Irish language as well. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, that's the first official language of Ireland. And um, the thing is, though, also, not many people actually know the national anthem. That's the thing. Apart from like not even like being able to speak Irish, mm-hmm. I don't think many people actually know it. It's a it is a thing uh, that a lot of people know the first few lines and then they just you know kind of roar yeah. along. And it's, but in fairness, it's I think people go to mass and there's bits when the, the, there's responsorial bits thing, and then people like remember there's other texts in people's lives where people don't actually know their most people. And our Marion Keys said this once she was talking about with another she says everyone is just winging it <laughs> everyone is making up as they go along and that's, she, that's what she titled her memoir about dealing with depression things she's like that and so i'm inclined to forgive people and the fact is but if they do go back to actually try and learn it i think they're gonna find something quite very special cool. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like i had it in my dean in school when i was in like primary school so it's just there for me like you mm. know you had to learn it like you had to know it but uh, yeah, I suppose like at like sports events, like a football match or a rugby match, like people have a rush of adrenaline, so they just go on with it, like and just go for it. So I think that's very special as well, like just everyone congregating together, and, like just having yeah. that spirit. Love it does for the fire you up a little bit as well. I find maybe it's because I always hear that like you know GA matches it does fire you up a little bit so I, I quite like that about it that's what you need in a, in a national especially anthem. and especially for a sporting event and I'm not sure if this is considered when I was writing the actual last few bars like there's really not many at- shoving Connie around a field <laughs> <laughs> there's not many national anthems that finish um, as well as the Irish national yeah, anthem. Yeah, it does have a bit of a punch near the end. Mm. Yeah. That's why people start shouting, come on, leash, as opposed to come on, <laughs> All 18 people at the games you go to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's a goer. I mean, it's. I, I remember, I used to think it was classic. I used to think it would really, really give you the adrenaline rush. I didn't think there was anything better. I thought French one was good. Uh, the, the Italian one is really good. That's really like, Italia, Italia. You really get on board with that one. But then I went to see Ireland play Scotland in Murrayfield. And what they do is really, really special. Uh, O'Flower Scotland, beautiful song. Really, really kick-ass lyrics. Uh, and it's two verses. And the band stops in Murrayfield after verse number one. So verse number two is just the 55,000 people in the crowd a cappella. And oh. it gave me goosebumps. I was, And the thing is, it's such a belter of a tune and it's so easy to remember that everybody's singing along. Even all the paddies in the stadium were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who stood against them? Brevet was army. Come on, Scotland. <laughs> it was uh, just for a brief moment, we were all Scottish. And before we wrap up, the one last interesting thing, given Ireland's uh, particular history and the and the way so, so many decisions are made here, it's unusual. The Irish National Anthem doesn't mention God. I think that's so um, weird for like, Ireland. Like, God save, yeah, you, you, you right? You've got God Save the Queen. Like, oh, Canada mentions God. God Save New Zealand mentions God. Uh, Star Spangled Banner gets it in there. Even even the very recent and very woke South African anthem gets a mention of God in there. The Nigerian national anthem mentions God too. 
but Ireland yeah, and, and the France. Canadians, the Canadians. Yeah, they yeah. do. God so. keep our land glorious and free. But I think at the time that it was written, there was a slight move towards secularism and then De Valera got his sticky hands all over Ireland and brought <laughs> that Catholicism right back on in. I don't know <laughs> if I'd agree with that because like the, the proclamation um, in 1916 is riddled with religion as well. Yeah. You know, Pearson like, Connolly wrote every second line. If you, if you look at it, you yeah. can see that's clearly a Pierce mm-hmm. line. That's clearly a uh, Connolly line. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, you can look mm-hmm. at it and I don't know if... <laughs> I don't know if it, if it goes literally A B like God's not maybe every check, second check line. Check it out. No, no, God's mm. not maybe oh, in yeah, every yeah. second line, but it's definitely like it's yeah, very, it's very true. strongly. Yeah. You know, we do mm. we devolve our power from Almighty God and, and and things like that. So I think I don't know if we were on the the on the cusp of becoming a nation of woke bays before <laughs> yeah. Devil got his hands on us. Like, but yeah, it is unusual, not especially all. for mm. an anthem of that age from that time. Yeah. To not mention God, but rather you know. There were more important things to be doing, like killing tans, and, yeah. and that's what it focuses on. And it, like it says that there was people coming from abroad, so they were willing to take uh, all of the ones coming across. Anybody are willing coming to, to hold fu- a gun. <laughs> yeah, if you're willing mm-hmm. to point it at an Englishman, yep. we're cool with you Will guys. you jump into the barn and boil <laughs> with the rest of us? <laughs> so I think there's only one way to finish this episode, and that's with the tune that brings us all together. So it's a slan from me, Dark O'Shea. Slan Wemship, Padre Kravonik. Slan Liv. Agus Slan Leo. Thank you. Hey, hey, Dark again. First of all, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It means a lot to us. Please do like and share the episode if you've enjoyed it and do subscribe. If, like me, you're always looking for a new podcast to listen to, to get stuck into, there's lots to find on the Headstuff Podcast Network. May I, for example, recommend Juvenalia, in which Alan and the gang meet a new interesting person every week and discuss a piece of pop culture that influenced them as a child. I want to thank Brian for producing the show today and putting up with all my breathing into the mic and dropping my voice at the end of the sentence. I want to thank Kirsten Shield for another amazing piece of art to go with this podcast and all the gang of head stuff for keeping the show on the road. Thank you and see you next time. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And Geraldine McAvoy. Geraldine, so Oh, fo- wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> burr, 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 burr.